Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello out there to all you Brooklyn folk. This is Sam Maxwell, and we are here with the Bedford and Sullivan podcast, the podcast that keeps you, the audience, active listeners in the Brooklyn Dodgers TV series research process. (laughs) We are live uh, with the Brooklyn Borough historian, Ron Schweiger. Thank you for joining us on the Bedford Sullivan podcast, as always. Well, um, thank, thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure. We're going to be talking Canarsie on this episode of the Bedford and Sullivan podcast. And, and without further ado, I'd like to hit it over to you, Ron, uh, to just let us know. For, for one thing, I always loved the name of uh, Canarsie. I, I just thought it, it was a very Brooklyn-sounding neighborhood. Uh, and so if you can give us a little background <coughs> about where this name comes from. Well, um, first of all, Canarsie um, is an, was an outgrowth of um, one of the original Dutch villages here in Brooklyn when the Dutch arrived in the 1600s. And the town that was settled was called New Amersfoort, named after the village of Amersfoort in the Netherlands, where the Dutch came from. And um, when the English took over in 1664 uh, over the Dutch, they started to change a lot of the Dutch names. And uh, so New Amersfoort became Flatlands because, well, the land is very flat. And I should know that because I live in Flatlands. Um, No hills at all. No hills at all. Um, Later on, east of the center of the town of Flatlands, and the center, by the way, for those of you who are listening from Brooklyn, the center of the town of Flatlands, or New Amersfoort, was today's intersection of Kings Highway and Flappish Avenue. And those two streets were originally dirt trails made by the local Indians known as the Canarsie Indians. And the Canarsies had several villages around. And um, the name Canarsie, well, it's, it's interesting. There are a couple of stories. Um, the story that sounds plausible is the one where in the days of the sailing ships, some a French um, fur trader anchored his ship in the bay near Can- where Canarsie is now and uh, came ashore and saw the Indians be decked in feathers. And these feathers were actually duck feathers because there were a lot of ducks in the area. So the French, pointing to the Indians, said in French, Canard, we, oui? which means duck, yes. Of course, the Indians had no idea what he was saying. And so Canard We became Canarsie for whatever reason. Uh, so that's one story that uh, it seems plausible. It, it certainly does. And what's amazing is how quickly, uh, you know, the city, of course, built up, but also Brooklyn in general. And you sent me a photo uh, that I will post tomorrow um, that shows how. You know, much of it was just farmlands and 
few trees, and then within a matter of three years over at um, Avenue L Northeast from East 99th Street to East 100th, uh, and it, it, it was just just this unbelievable development of row houses uh, within yeah, a matter well, of three years. Well, the neighborhood, I would say pretty much into the 20th century, um, there were still a couple of farms around, small farms. Um, I remember as late as 1960 or 61, um, there was a small farm um, along uh, Linden Boulevard, um, just outside of the Canarsie area in uh, the East New York area. And uh, there were still like two or three cows I remember seeing over there. And this was like in the early 60s. Uh, but the area was farmland for quite a while. And uh, as the picture you mentioned that I had sent to you um, shows, uh, I think you're looking east on what was to become Avenue L and East 99th Street. And it, it, it's just vacant. There are a couple of um, telephone poles in the picture and just nothing but a dirt path and grass and that's it. But three years later, as the other photograph shows from, by the way, that first picture is 1954. The 1957 mm -hmm. photograph shows these brick row houses and paved streets. So that's how quickly the Canarsie neighborhood started to become um, more generalized as an actual neighborhood. And what's amazing is this happens around the time that so many people were moving out of Brooklyn. Well, yeah, the, that, infl that flow of people out of Brooklyn uh, started in the 50s, but m definitely into the 60s um, when uh, air travel uh, became more prevalent. And uh, actually a new suburb opened up called South Florida, and a lot of people were moving to South Florida. I mean, there are Brooklyn clubs. I know the Bellagio <laughs> South Country Club in, in uh, I think it's in Lake Worth, Florida. Um, they have a, a club there with, I think, over 400 members of former Brooklynites. So that, that started, hmm. that exodus started in the 50s, but definitely through the 60s and 70s. So for for its you know the the history, what was the makeup from a demographic standpoint of Canarsie? Well, initially, of course, you had the Dutch farmers. That was initially, but once the farming started to disappear, the uh, as homes started to be built and streets were getting paved, um, you had Italians, you had Jews, um, you had Irish. It was a, a, a very much of a mixed area. Um, um, when we get into the 50s and into the 60s, it was a very big Jewish area. A lot of synagogues. There were a lot of churches as well. Some of those churches still exist today. The synagogues, not so much. There are still a couple left, but um, uh, some of the synagogues have become churches. Um, there was a large Jewish area in, in Canarsie. And starting in the 50s and 60s, as um, more uh, ethnic people, more blacks started moving into the area, um, the synagogues began to disappear. And, uh, and schools became more integrated. And eventually, uh, a lot of schools became predominantly black. And that goes into the 60s and 70s. And would you say that uh, the majority of the people out there right now are uh, black Americans? 
Um, a good part of Kanashi today is African-American, yes. Um, if you go down one of the main shopping streets, Flatlands Avenue in Canarsie, um, um, you, you would see a predominantly a black population. Um, I remember there was a, a big bagel store on Flatlands Avenue and I think 80th Street or 82nd Street. Um, and uh, I'm not, I, I really don't know whether it's still there or not. It may be. I mean, everybody eats bagels from Brooklyn. We know that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Only rivaled by the Upper East Side, for sure. Um, Listen, there's, it, there's a it, place it, in I Florida called Brooklyn Bagel, and they import their water from right. New York City, believe it or not. Oh, that's uh, – it's r- remarkable to hear, you know, that, that that's that's what – um I've heard another thing that somebody makes the pH level, uh, uh, you know, as it's supposed to be in New York, and, and that that's why – the crust is delicious for pizza. That's why the bagels are the way they're they're made, and, and it's it's pretty uh, amazing. Amazing, excuse me. Um, and every so every neighborhood in Brooklyn, British- Sam. Yeah, every neighborhood in Brooklyn has the best pizza in town, and that includes Canarsie. <laughs> well, what would be your favorite spot in Canarsie for pizza? Well, I don't get my pizza in Canarsie. Um, I live not far from Canarsie in Flatlands, closer to where the center of the Dutch village was. Um, I live a, a mm-hmm. block off of Flatlands Avenue um, and about three blocks from the center of the original village of, of uh, Flatlands or, or New Amersfoort. And our, my favorite pizza place is on Flatbush Avenue. It's called Lenny and John's Pizza. In fact, this year is their 50th anniversary. They started there in 1969. They're still there. And, uh, in fact, my wife and I just celebrated our 50th anniversary. So, uh, so Lenny and John, thank you. And uh, Lenny and John started the same year that my wife and I got married, 1969. And they're still there and very busy and crowded most of the time. So when you look over to uh, Fresh Creek Nature Preserve, is this uh, generally a part of Canarsie, or or is it technically a part of Starrett City that borders Canarsie on the the northeastern side? Well, Starrett City is, is, I wouldn't call that Canarsie. That would, uh, well, yeah, it it is. It's on the eastern end of Canarsie, um, and the housing projects there were built in the 1950s and 60s. and interestingly, where that housing, uh, the Bayview housing projects are, right off the Belt Parkway and Rockaway Parkway in Canarsie. Um, if we go back to um, 1907, a, an amusement park was established right where the Belt Parkway and, and Rockaway Parkway meet. Now, the Belt Parkway wasn't built yet. Belt Parkway didn't open until 1940-41. But this amusement park was called Golden City Park. And I think one of the pictures I sent you shows that. And where the Bayview housing project is now, there was a big open field there. And um, this guy had a private plane. Now, remember, flying really started in the, at the turn of the century. And this guy had a plane where he was able to take one passenger up at a time for 50 cents. And for about 20 or 30 minutes, he'd fly around. And uh, for 50 cents, he'd fly you around the area. And he would uh, take off and land in this open field where the Bayview housing projects are now, where the Golden City Park was 
um, from 1907 until about 19, the mid-1930s. And the park closed. So is the- and then the city, the city took over the property, and they started to build the Belt Parkway, which opened in 1940 and 41. I see. Okay, so so the Fresh Creek Nature Preserve is, is this technically a part of uh, that side of things, or or Canarsie? No, it, it's 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 part of Canarsie. It, it can end, it it, it uh, extends east of Canarsie as well. <coughs> so what what is this? Um, what what do we what would we find in the Fresh Creek Nature Preserve? What what's uh, uh, it's it's an interesting little. A spot to find in the middle of a city. Well, there are a couple of places in the city that you have something like that. Um, it's just a, a completely nature thing. Um, I'm not sure of the uh, how much of the accessibility it is to get in there, um, but mm. it's Fresh Creek, and um, in fact, the Canarsie Indians used it a lot, and they would get a lot of their clam shells and oyster shells, and from these shells. Mm. They would make what we would call money today. They had no use for money per se, but they made jewelry out of these shells, the clam shells and the oyster shells. And if you ever look at the inside of a clam shell, you notice it's mostly white. But very often you'll see this dark purple color. And the purple um, was more valuable than the white part. And they would make jewelry and they would polish up these beads that they would make. And they'd make jewelry out of these beads from the clamshells. And um, it was called wampum. Wampum was their, their way of paying debts to other, other Indians, other tribes, and so on. Um, and that was their, their money, so to speak. That's very interesting, uh, for sure. It, it's, uh, just, it's, it's fascinating. To, to hear the uh, the history of uh, the Native Americans around uh, the area, and uh, of course, you know, it, it was there. There were so many uh, different tribes, and um, but it, it it just it goes to show you that uh, meaning is only what we give it. Well, you know, things are only what we uh, say they mean, and uh, you know, as much as money means a lot right now uh it's all paper when it all comes down to it, 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 it even though there's nothing you could do about it you have to pay your taxes you have to uh, pay for goods and services you have to make those trades um speaking oh, sure. of of uh trades speaking of trades to make uh, sometimes you have to when you, uh, uh you're trying to uh enjoy your leisurely time you go to the movies and you send me uh, a fantastic picture of uh, the Canarsie Theater. Um, the photo that you sent me, so something that we'll post at some point tomorrow on the uh, the Facebook page, is two new thrill hits, Ava Gardner in Naked Maja and The Man in the Net. So tell us a, a little bit about the Canarsie Theater. Well, the Canarsie Theater opened in 1927. Uh, 19, yeah, in 1927. And it had silent films because sound movies didn't come out until I believe 1928 or 29. So it had silent films. Uh, it, and the photograph you're looking at is from 1957. And I can tell you exactly what day of the week it is. Because if, if you look at the f- picture, 
you notice all the kids lined up outside. Well, it's a Saturday morning. <laughs> and most Brooklyn theaters, I guess in New York City, not just Brooklyn, on Saturday mornings, they would have uh, matinees for children where you'd have like a double feature and lots of cartoons. And for like uh, 25 or 30 cents, you can get in double feature and cartoons and coming attractions. That's the, what it was in Brooklyn back in the 1950s. And that car park right in front, that's a 1957 Oldsmobile. And I see right on top of it, it says special kitty matinee today. Air conditioned, too. That's right. And by the way, that photograph is hanging in a pizza shop. You ready for this? In Fulton, Missouri. Because a couple of years ago, this guy, who's originally from Canarsie, went to school in Canarsie, grew up there. He moved to Missouri, and he opened up a pizza place about 50 or 60 miles west of St. Louis in Missouri, and it's called Brooklyn Pizza. And he found me on the Internet, and he contacted me, and he wanted pictures of of Brooklyn to hang in his shop in, in Fulton, Missouri, and the name of his pizza shop is called Brooklyn Pizza. So I sent him pictures of Ebbets Field, an interior shot, an exterior shot, um, a subway map of, of uh, New York, uh, a street map of Brooklyn, an old street map. And since he told me he was from Canarsie, I sent him this picture too. So he has this hanging in his pizza shop in Fulton, Missouri. Um, this is amazing. I'm looking at the website right now. Uh, I'd like to get in touch with this guy, if possible, if you could help me yeah. out with. Yeah, his, I think his name is Brian Brian Aikens or something like that. And he's about your age. Um, you know, I'm not sure how old he is. I don't know. <laughs> okay, but he he's of the era. It it would seem. Oh yes, I would imagine. Sure. So, do you know where was that uh, the cross streets for the theater? Um, Avenue L and East 92nd and East 93rd Street. That's where the theater was. Avenue and by the way, the theater, lasted, the theater lasted into the early 1990s. And what is it now? What it is, in, I don't know what it is now. <laughs> I haven't been over there, uh, down Avenue L over there in a while. I'm, I'm sure the structure might still be there, but, excuse me? No, I was about to ask whether you think the structure is still there, uh, and it is. Um, it, it's possible that it's still there, but not as a theater. I, I have no idea what it is now. Well, as of the time that this uh, that Google took one of its, its trucks around photographing the streets, it is closed down with a lot of posters and graffiti on it. So I don't know whether okay. it has uh, been... Uh, rehabilitated since then, but uh, it is clearly the theater that we speak of. It is uh, painted uh, kind of uh, a, a, a tan color with um, uh, a dark peach outline, uh, and unfortunately it is not active, as many of the theaters uh, there are not, right. no longer active. So that's unfortunate uh, for sure. Well, back in the 1950s, in the 1950s, Sam, you could walk here in Brooklyn in practically any neighborhood. You can walk 
two, three blocks, four blocks in any direction, and you'll come to neighborhood movie theaters. I know where I grew up, on Avenue S and East 7th and East 8th Street, um, on Kings Highway, a few blocks from us, we had the Jewel Theater, the Kingsway Theater, and the Avalon Theater. If we walked in the other direction towards Avenue U, you had the Mayfair Theater and the Avenue U Theater. And this is within walking hmm. distance of my house back in the 1950s. That's awesome. It seems like because of the Dutch background of the neighborhood, there's a lot of references around to uh, Brooklyn, to, to Brooklyn, the original spelling, the original Dutch spelling, B-R-E-U-K-E-L-E-N. You have That's the uh, Dutch spelling. Brooklyn, right, the Brooklyn, New York City Housing Authority. Uh, uh, you have the Brooklyn uh, ball fields. Um, I, I don't see the Dutch spelling represented as much in all the other places uh, that we have visited uh, on these podcasts uh, uh, as much as I've, I've seen it from the map of Canarsie over here. Well, there are quite a few streets in Brooklyn that are named after the Dutch that settled in the area. And, um, in fact, um, there's a street in Canarsie that's named after one of the Canarsie Indians. Um, um, do you have a picture that I sent you of that tax bill dated 1865? Yes. Okay. Yes, I got it. Up what right is there. the name? What is the name of the tax collector? Can you read his name? The name of the yeah the name of the, the tax bottom. collector is is that with his signature correct? Yes. It looks like it's is that. Theo, oh, it's a hard jo- thing to read. Joel Skidmore. His name Joel is Joel Skidmore. Skidmore. Yes. He was a Canarsie Indian, but he was not a full-blooded Canarsie Indian. Because by 1865, um, just about all of the, in- the or- original Canarsie were gone. They were not there anymore. But he was a descendant, and he had... Canarsie Indian blood in him, and there are two streets in Canarsie named after Skidmore. There's Skidmore Avenue and Skidmore Lane. And if you look at the tax bill, the bill, I think it's dated December 1865, the farmland that belonged to a Mr. Wyckoff. And the bill for his, you see it? And the amount, now I don't have it in front of me, but I know what it says. Um, the amount of his bill for the farmland for the year 1865 was $2.57 plus three cents tax. So the whole bill, his tax bill for the whole year of his farmland was $2.60 for Mr. Wyckoff. That is and the, old, and the oldest house, yeah, the oldest house is right on the Canarsie border. It still stands today, and it belonged to Mr. Peter Clayson Wyckoff. And it was built in 1652 on land that belonged to the Canarsie Indians. And that house still stands today Could on you... the corner of Clarendon Road and Ralph Avenue. Clarendon Road and Ralph Avenue. And Ralph yeah, Avenue. Fine, man. It's Peter Clayson Wyckoff Farmhouse. 
It's open to the public. It is a museum. Very awesome. I'll have to I'll have to head out there uh, at some point this summer. Well, if you do, give me a call. I'll join you because uh, I used to be on their advisory board, but I dropped out because I, I'm too busy. Some of their meetings were on the same night as I have other meetings with other organizations. So, but I used to be on their um, advisory board. Do you think they'd be open to a, a film tour? Uh, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Um, yeah, we, we, we can talk about that for certain and try to arrange that uh, with them. Absolutely. Uh, I'll, and most likely sometime uh, in August or, or September, but uh, I would love to, to get that done for sure. Um, well, not, the, not so, during um, – not, not between August 4th and August 17th, because my wife and I will be on our 50th anniversary cruise. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, uh, you're in luck. I don't get back till the 10th. I'm going to Denver for the, uh, the summer, so that'll be okay. uh, it'll be good timing uh, regarding that. Well, we're, we're okay. coming to the, uh, the tail end of our podcast. Um, and uh, I, I appreciated the, you know, the hiccup at the beginning, notwithstanding. I appreciate you coming on and talking about uh, the Canarsie neighborhood, which just it, it got that that ring. It, it sounds so Brooklyn when the Brooklyn accent says it. You know, I'm from Canarsie. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you have you have Canarsie High School was there. Uh, Canarsie High School opened, I believe, in the 19. 19- 50s or 60s, I believe, um, much later than the other high schools in Brooklyn because the neighborhood grew up much later than the others. Because remember, it was farmland for quite a while. Well, why don't we finish uh, by talking about the park, if you can tell us about Canarsie Park. Um, Canarsie, okay. Canarsie Park is very close to the water, right off the Belt Parkway. And in fact, um, there used to be an old Dutch farmhouse there called the Nicholas Skank House. Skank is spelled S-C-H-E-N-C-K. And if you want to see that house today, just go to the Brooklyn Museum and go up on the fourth floor. And they recreated the house. Huh. But there are two Skank houses in the Brooklyn Museum. The Nicholas Skank House which dates um, in the 1700s, and the Jan Martens Skank House, which is from the 1600s. Same family, but a century apart in two different locations. The Jan Martens Skank House was in the Mill Basin neighborhood of Brooklyn, and today it, uh, it would be in the, in, the, in the schoolyard behind Public School 236 on Avenue U and East um, East 63rd Street. That's where the Jan Martin Skank House was. Fantastic. Well, as always, Ron, I appreciate you coming on here, and I look forward to our next conversation about uh, the neighborhoods of Brooklyn. And we're, okay, we're getting, into, we're getting into a good groove with these. Sure. There are a lot of neighborhoods to talk about. 
a lot of neighborhoods, a lot of Brooklyn, and, and never uh, never an end to uh, the, the discussions that can be had. Ron, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Sam. Take care now. And thank you out there to all you Brooklyn folk listening. Appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.